Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Hello everyone. Welcome to the e-commerce growth show. I'm Phil Kay. And um, yeah, in this episode, I'm chatting to a guy called Tim Willis. Uh, Tim is, um, he's head of e-commerce Southwest for the well-known agency Push On, um, run by Simon Wharton, as, as you probably know. But he joined, he joined there in January and um, he's got over 11 years in experience in e-commerce within the agency world. So pretty experienced. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting a bit more today. And also he runs the sort of Southwest uh, meetup uh, for e-commerce um, experts, which is fantastic. It's called e-commerce brains of Bristol. And um, I think there was one quite recently. Um, and uh, so, yeah, lots to, lots to have a chat about. Hey, hey Tim, how, how are you doing? Hi Phil. Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. No problem. How, how's, uh, how's the continuing lockdown treating you? It's good. It's well, I say it's good. It's it's okay. Um, but we're near, we're near the end now, so yeah, it, it is it is what it is. Yeah, completely. It's making the best of it, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I must admit, I am looking forward to getting out and about a little bit, hopefully, and uh, you know, doing a bit of the more face to face type stuff. You know, that we're that we're used to. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot yeah. of um, a lot of Zoom conversations and so forth over the last uh, year or so. So yeah, it will, will definitely be nice to actually meet meet face to face soon. Absolutely. Um, so um, just as a bit of an icebreaker, really, um, why don't you tell the guys uh, what attracted you to push on? What was it? What was it about, um, you know, push on that you, you wanted to go and join those guys? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, a number of things, really. I mean, I first uh, first met Simon uh, and a couple of other couple of the other guys a few years ago now at a, at a Magento event. Yeah. Um, gone on really well with them. I think they're. Um, as an agency, I think they're they're very progressive, um, but they kind of share similar values to to what I do in terms of being you know, yeah. transparent and honest and just generally good people yeah. to to work with. So yeah. I think for me, from going from a you know from going from kind of running my own agency to then working yeah you know, under under other people was. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't sure about it to start with, but um, yeah. it had to be the right fit. And I think those, the, the push on guys and the team in general are just are just brilliant. Um, yeah, and we're doing really well. You know, we're a team of thirty nine at the moment. Um, we've got wow. offices in Manchester and Edinburgh and Bristol, which um, which obviously I'm heading up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a good company to be. We've got um, you know, really good standard with Magento as well. Um, yeah. Really. <laughs> really strong clients on board. So yeah. um yeah, I don't think I could have picked a better better agency to work with, to be honest. No, no, I must admit I, I know Simon quite well. Um and I remember the first time I um I met the team, you know, went up from I think from Bristol. And I remember straight away the first thing he did was put a bottle in my hand. Um yeah. And then we sat around the table, you know, he gave me time as the you know as the owner of the business with his team. He's very open with me. And said, you know, first of all, he said, look, you know, we've got a relationship with Nosto, but I'm going to tell you that up front, you know, but we were always open to talk to you, you know. And I was like, yeah, thank you very much. And then he said, look, he turned around to his team and said, make sure this guy has a good night. And he, they took me out, and uh, we had we had a good time, and beers were beers were paid for and stuff, and um, it was just it, it it was just one of those experiences where you think, you know, they know how to make people feel valued, and that's obviously yeah. an important <clears throat> part of their 
of the value system as a, as a business. Yeah. You know? So that was that was cool. So it's yeah, it's, completely agree. Simon Simon loves a beer as well. So yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, he was going to be on today, wasn't he? But he's 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 got a pitch to prepare for. So Simon, good luck with the pitch, my man. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's move on to the sort of the main theme of today. Um, so first of all, I'll just ask you the kind of opening theme question around what have you seen in terms of the biggest e-commerce trends in the last 12 months from your perspective? Sure. Um, so I'd say it's probably brands that have moved towards a direct to consumer model. Yeah. So I don't know in terms of, in terms of D to C it's obviously, it's been around for, um, you know, a number of years now in terms of e-commerce strategy. Um, but essentially it allows manufacturers and brands to sell directly to the consumer. Yeah. So it basically you know, bypasses the conventional method of uh, negotiating with a, a retailer or reseller to get your product to market. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we've seen in, in terms of consumer behavior and you know, purchasing decisions that we've seen over the last kind of year or two, I think they're going to become permanent. Um, many customer journeys will be placed online you know, even when physical retail scales back up later yeah. this year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Do you think? I mean, I've, I've got a few questions around D to C. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means. Um, we were talking earlier about how you know machine learning typically it's very important to have a lot of products, um, and yeah. um, often with a D to C offering, I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like Apple, you know, or Eve Sleep, or casper or these kind of guys you know or type or pg tips or something like that that you know it's very difficult in terms of really offering uh you know value in terms of machine learning because there isn't an awful lot of products going on right my, my, my sort of questions are around the strategy of it right um so how like i get it with apple massive brand so they're not going to dilute their kind of their their market if you like and annoy let's say for argument's sake the reseller model you know the distribution model how how in your experience how does that work in terms of brands does do some brands can they get away with it because their brand is strong or can anyone do it or are there risks associated with doing it from that perspective yeah i mean anyone can do it and there are you know there are of course risks and you know you are you know competing you know with the likes of amazon as a, as an example that already have a you know a massive customer following, but in terms of in terms of going to D to C and you know using something like Segmentify, um, it's about it's still you know it's still although the, the product um, you know SKU list may be slightly smaller, I think that depends on the business, um, yeah. but it it is still all about personalization. Um, you know, yeah. it's about having more control over brand messaging, um, you know, and that engagement with the with the with the customer. Um, and that's where tools such as, you know, such as Segmentify can still come into play. Um, you know, yes, it might not be um, particularly well suited for those businesses such as, you know, such as your, your Caspers, where, you know, maybe yeah. where the products, um, projects are making, it's, it's quite low, but there's still yeah. a lot of personalization within those types of services that could, um, you know, that would play its part in any, any D2C um, strategy. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I imagine if you move out of the kind of classic machine learning elements of product volume, you know, you've still got segmentation, right? You know, you've still yeah. got customers that will be in different cohorts that you're going to want to target different messaging to, whether that be content blocks, full pages, etc. I get that. And then obviously there's the whole retention and communication strategy around 
push notification and email um, campaigns. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's probably a different part of the Segmentify tool set if you're thinking about it out of the personalization box. We have had a few chats actually with, with D2C clients. I'm not sure whether we've um, signed any recently, um, but um, it's certainly been, like you say, it's increased in 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 volume if you like over the last couple of years i think in terms of brands doing it i mean on that note i mean do you want to mention a few businesses in that space that have made that move that that particularly stood out to you yeah sure so i think i mean probably one of the biggest dgc success stories is gymshark um oh, and yeah. they were they were valued at one billion last year yeah um yeah, I think there's a, so there's a couple of things they they did. So obviously during lockdown, so when it was the height of lockdown, they, along with many other businesses, started to heavily invest in in their in their interaction with their customers. Um, yeah. So I think Gymshark renamed their social media channels to Homeshark, and they made um, basically used those as a hub of fitness content despite right. gyms being closed. So okay. that was one example with with Gymshark. Um, and then we've got we've got the likes of um, Heinz. So they actually yeah. launched their first D2C website over lockdown, and that that basically encouraged people to sign up to their subscriptions of baked beans and other and other goods. Um, and I think you'll find many other consumer packaged good companies are um, headed in that direction as well. Yeah. And then one more example, and this is you know fairly um, relevant as it was Mother's Day recently, is Bloom and Wild. Um, so they're they're Europe's yeah. largest and fastest growing D2C flower company. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've used them yourself, but they've, they've pretty much reinvented every aspect of flower delivery and gifting. Um, and they got the product right, which is the most, you know, fundamentally the most important thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, next next year for Mother's Day, it's worth, worth checking them out. Yeah, no, totally, mate. I'm a bit, I'm a bit poor on that front. <laughs> um, interesting, though. I mean, you, you've you've totally blown my kind of theory out of the water straight away. To be honest, I mean, talk talk about Jim <laughs> off the bat, um, yeah. and you know, I mean, we've got Jim King as a customer, for example. Um, okay. Like, obviously, they're a massive player. They've got loads and loads of products, but they're D to C. Yeah. So does that basically mean that Jim Shop used to be a company that only sold through I don't know other other retailers? And then they said, actually, no, we're going to go direct. So do they do they continue with the direct model as well as the uh, distribution model? Or do they cut off the distribution model and just go direct? What happens? So as far as I'm aware, Gymshark was founded as a D2C, you know, direct-to-consumer company. Um, now they may well distribute as well to other, other businesses, but fundamentally it's a D2C business at heart. Okay, fine. So you're basically saying that that these guys create their own products, correct? On scratch, and they sell it direct. So yes. that means that there could well be lots and lots of brands that aren't going through that model, but have a lot of products, basically. So I'm looking too narrow, yeah. right? I'm looking too yeah, narrow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's, not, there's, there's lots of brands like that that aren't, you know, um, selling. Um, by you know by resellers such as Amazon and so forth. Um, yeah, and I think you know again, Heinz is a good, good example. And obviously, you know their um, yeah. you know their products are are everywhere and obviously stocked in supermarket shelves. But um, yeah. you know they needed to you know especially when obviously it was a bit in terms of going to the supermarket was a bit um, difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that's why they launched that, that their first D 2 C website. 
just allowing customers to actually go to them directly um, and sign up to subscriptions rather than going to the supermarket or the local shop and you know yeah. buying a can of baked beans or whatever you, you know whatever you tend to buy from Heinz. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, now that makes a lot more sense to me actually. That this is a much wider field than than I'm thinking of. Um, so I mean, what about the the benefits of D2C then? What what you know when we we're talking earlier about you know selling through distribution channel versus or both what are the benefits of doing it i mean you mentioned a couple there but any, anything else yeah i mean i think for me like the biggest benefit is that you know a business knows its product better than anyone else so it put, puts yeah. them in the perfect position to be able to sell it um yeah so there's a few things so it allows for increased control over brand messaging and consumer yeah. engagement um obviously you've got direct access to customers and their data which is, you know, is vital really, because that leads then on to things like personalization and so on. Yeah. Um, higher profit margins, because you're not going yeah. for a third party. Yeah. Um, stronger brand loyalty as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, it's kind of already been highlighted, but I think it's worth mentioning that that yeah. D2C e-commerce isn't just for startups um, that don't, you know, that don't want, you know, things like legacy retail and big overheads. It's there yeah. for all brands. Yeah. But specifically, those brands that are looking to drive, you know, preference and loyalty and repeat sales. Yeah, no, sure. And going back to that bit about the offset, if you like, between direct and channel or distribution, whatever you want to call that. Obviously, with Jim Shark saying they they are only going direct. So, is there is there any compromise in terms of how trying to run both models to, side by side? You know, do you? Do you take from one to get from the other in that sense, or or how does that balance work? Do you think? Yeah, I think there's learnings to be had from whatever you know, from whatever market um, or strategy you, you use at the moment. And um, yeah, it's not you know, it, it's not you take take Kynes as an example. You know, they're not obviously just a D to C business. Um, you know, they're they're B to B. They sell to wholesalers and so forth. So um, you know, it's the case with any of these kind of strategies. If if one works, then look at um, look at look at the other one. Look at D to C and see whether there are gaps in the market. Whether you can whether you have an offering that you can truly feel like you can you can personalize. Um, and it will help in terms of you know brand loyalty. I think in terms of just um, being able to work with your customers um, smarter and and yeah. get your messaging out there. So I think there's there's obviously overlap between yeah. between all these kinds of strategies. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I know I, I'm sort of going on about it, but it's just because, you know, like literally, or I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago when Apple, 20 years, I don't know, right? I, I'm too old, man. But um, 20 years ago when uh, Apple first started going direct and I worked for an Apple, well, I worked for Digital Village and they had an Apple division, if you like, um, to yeah. tools and stuff. And I remember the upheaval that it caused, you know, like Apple are going direct. What? You know, they're screwing all their resellers and all their distribution channel. And, you know, we're going to lose out on all the sales and, and this, that and the other. Um, but of course, fast forward and pretty quickly, I don't know whether one would argue that the, the, the two have worked, uh, you know, like the, the way that Apple went direct actually helped those resellers in the end or whether it was just balanced or whether it was in favor of one or the other, you know, because like you said, yeah. the branding's blown up 
absolutely yeah. massive. Does that then mean a little bit like the Spotify effect? You know, that that musician, okay, might have minuscule royalty now in terms of what it might have had 10 years ago, pre-Spotify, Napster, whatever. But now the reach is so massive that actually does it compensate, right? So I suppose it's yeah. that whole landscape maybe still. Yeah, no, I, com I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, and you know, we, with Apple, obviously, there are lots, lots of resellers, and um, yeah, they, I think they've got obviously they've got that got that model spot on. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, generally, you know, the, the the barriers to um, of entry um, are yeah. are relatively low. But it's all yeah. about thinking about again who you you know who you're going to be competing with as well. No, totally. I was going to say about the barriers, really. I mean, what, what what's the ingredients for D to C? You know, like what what do you need to do to become D to C? How do you then succeed? What are the things that get in the way of that whole picture of even con contemplating D to C, let alone succeeding in it? Well, how, what's your experience there? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it, I think. Obviously, first, it's going to, going to be dependent on who your competitors are. Um, so, yeah, as we said, you know, the, the barrier to entry is is relatively low. Um, but, you know, you could be competing with the likes of Amazon, um, who, you know, of course, already have a yeah. quite an established um, customer following. Um, yeah. I think you would also come to realize that without, um, you know, without working with like a large retailer to support your brand, you do have to work harder on making your brand stand out. Yeah. And and then obviously, you know, you're responsible for things like fulfillment, packaging, returns and warehousing. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest thing, and this is where, you know, an agency such as Pushon can help, um, is, is building your online presence because that's going to be difficult and it requires yeah. a lot of dedication and, yeah. and a lot of focus on marketing. Right. And that's, you know, that's true, obviously, for any brand with an online yeah. presence. But... Yeah. I think even more so when you've got a presence just under your own name. Yeah. So, you know, there is a, it's all, you know, of course, all feasible, but there's a lot, probably a lot of, a lot of hard work. And a, and a lot of that, I think, is going to be uh, focused around, yeah, you know, business logistics, of course, but then, you know, marketing, getting your, getting your name out there, which, you know, isn't, um, isn't straightforward these days. No, it's not. And that, that's my, one of my questions to you, really. I mean, coming coming not from that space you know just seeing brands and you said you know working putting a lot of work into brand presence i mean what kind of things are you talking about coming from a layman's perspective you know what i mean yeah i mean if it's you know if we're if we're talking about a, a you know uh, a new a new brand a new business then you know you've got to obviously be in tune with your with your customers um so you know, it's, go, it's doing the homework in terms of understanding who your who your customers um, are. Yeah. You know what their buy-on habits are, um, yeah. and then looking at what you know what channels they're interacting with. So, um, yeah. you know, things like you, you may have seen recently, but there's a lot there's a lot of businesses at the moment businesses at the moment that are using the likes of TikTok. Yeah. Um, so just looking, you know, if you're obviously a clothing business or something like that, um, yeah. then you're going to be you know, you might be perhaps focusing on more of a younger audience um, is then looking at what channels that audience uses. So, you know, likes of TikTok and Instagram and so forth, um, yeah. and then trying to initially build, you know, your presence around those channels because, yeah, 
you know, you can yeah. you can enter that space relatively easily. You know, you can keep costs down. Um, you know, of course, you yeah. can also do paid paid advertising and so forth. But yeah. Um, yeah. it gives you a bit of a bit more of a chance if you can start building up your social presence um, as a as a first step. I yeah. think from an online perspective as well. You know, building your site up organically, you know, in in Google is obviously something that takes takes time. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a ton of competitors, then it's going to take even longer. Um, yeah. Then you can do things like obviously just paid paid ads and paid you know paid advertising essentially, because although that might um, you know cost a fair amount of money per you know uh, for yeah. acquiring customers, yeah. um, it does give you that data, that insight in terms of how customers are finding you. You know what what channels are working. You know you can look at things like retargeting and so on. So. Yeah, it's a bit of a mind minefield to be honest, but there are ways around it. I think ultimately it comes down to just forming that that strategy and making sure everyone's on board with it. Yeah, yeah. So how how much of that does push on specialising? Does it specialise in the whole journey of D to C, you know, kind of PMO if you like, um, or market fit through to the actual tools to build that brand and the website and everything? Yeah. Right. Yeah, do yeah, pretty much. I mean, so when Push Push On was founded in two thousand five, yeah. um, and that was our kind of offering at the time was very much marketing led, um, yeah. and then we did our first e commerce website, I think around two thousand and ten, yeah. um, which is coincidentally when Magento was released, which is the platform that we we use. Right. Um, yeah, and now you know fast forward to, to today um it's very much that um you know like like most agencies you would like to think it's it's um understanding business requirements forming a strategy working together um yeah. to you know to make um to make it a success and that obviously is part of that you've got um you know you've got support of the client you've got marketing you've got um you know design ux consultation um the whole the whole package really um I guess with the you know with the team at Push on we've got experts in in all of those areas, um, which makes it quite easy for you know someone like myself to to go in and have conversations with clients when I can you know yeah. when I can confidently back it up with you know the talent and resource that we've that we've got here. Yeah, no, totally. You mentioned um, <clears throat> you mentioned e-commerce platform. That's an interesting area. Obviously, there's been quite a lot of shifting in the landscape um, over the yeah. last year or so maybe more um but like obviously you know the intervention of shopify into a lot of magento agencies big commerce um have you done that as well have you diversified or have you stayed true to magento and if so why um no we haven't diversified um you know we've 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 looked at shopify we've looked at we've looked at big commerce um We've yeah we you know we've been a we in terms of Magento we've been a partner since 2010 we were one of the best performing partners last year um, yeah. you know we believe in its worth I think with the with the Adobe acquisition a few years ago um, yeah. we're starting to see the real benefits in terms of the you know the yeah. functionality the features that it's that Magento's um, now comes with um, yeah and. You know, there are, of, of course, there's always going to be cases where the client's, you know, Magento is not the right fit for the client. Um, yeah. and, in, yeah. and in which case, you know, there might be, you know, Shopify, for example, might be a good alternative. 
um, yeah. and as you probably know, with with Shopify, it's it's very straightforward for anybody anybody to go in and, and set yeah. up a site. You yeah. know, you can do it in probably thirty minutes if you wanted yeah. to. Um, yeah. Whereas with Magenta, you you do need to work with an agency or somebody that's technically capable um, to deliver you know a successful site. Yeah. But I guess with Magenta, you've got you know there's so much functionality there, a lot a lot around um, you know obviously a lot around D2C, but you know things like B2B as, as an example, you know the suite of functionality it offers. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's by far a better offering compared to the likes of Shopify and Magento. Yeah. Um yeah. sorry, Shopify and Big Commerce. Um but yeah. yeah, it's you know, they've they've all got their place and you know, as an agency, of course, you know, we have to keep um keep on top of these other platforms and yeah, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But for yeah. now, you know, we've got we've got the support from Magento, they're, they're a great team, and you know, most importantly, we're seeing um yeah, we're seeing the improvements we're seeing client success stories as well you know um yeah. and if that continues to happen then you know there's there's no real need for us to yeah to look at going elsewhere no i mean so when, when it comes to um d2c then um is magento then in, in your opinion you know the best platform to be using for it then yeah i mean it offers you know a wealth of functionality um to help you transition into into direct uh, consumer selling yeah so you know it'll give you you know obviously you can plug into you know uh segmentify and other you know and other services um and it will just allow you to yeah. create you know engaging customer journeys personalized shopping experiences um yeah. you know things like recommendations abandoned baskets you know help helpful in terms of paid media retargeting so it gives you all the tools that you could that you could need um, in order to you know, have a really um, solid website, um, progressive site as well, um, to help you you know help you grow and scale and scale your business. So for me, it's um, it's a perfect platform. Um, yeah. yeah, it's worth mentioning as well. We so alongside Magento, we developed um, a product called Demand. Um, so this is essentially um, it's like a package or an accelerator, as we call it, that allows you to allows a business to get to market quicker using Magento's native yeah. e-commerce functionality. Yeah. Uh, so it just means you can be you know you can be live with a website within a matter of weeks, essentially. So uh, this was we this came about um, towards the back of the last year. Um, you know, especially whilst we were in the kind of the um, the the fun of full on you know full on lockdown and and so on um obviously a lot of businesses were that were maybe traditionally selling you know selling retail um or on the high street all of a sudden you know lost their business so we, we've you know you've probably seen tons of examples where you've gone where they've had to go find a different avenue and one of those avenues is obviously selling online so um yeah the offering basically allows a business to tap into magento's native functionality of which you know there are of which you know it's, it's a very rich um ecosystem yeah. Yeah. um and it just allows us to push something out in a relatively quick time frame and then build upon it so yeah, yeah. it's it's good for that as well because you know i think there's a, a misconception that magento takes you know it takes months and months to build you know, design and build and launch a site on Magento. You know, that's that's not the case. Um, I think we're seeing lots of businesses now turn to that kind of MVP, you know, minimum viable product type approach to get there, and not just small businesses. You know, big big brands as well to get a you know 
to get an offer in online, test the waters and, and yeah. you know, enhance yeah. and build it upon it. Yeah, no, that sounds very interesting. I mean, on that note, obviously we've talked about D2C, we've talked about platforms and accelerators and things like that. Um, and, and some of the wider services that push on provide. If anybody listening is, has, has, you know, resonated with this, you know, with this stuff and they'd like to contact you, you know, whether they're thinking about D to C or they already are, but they're looking to improve on it or whatever it might be. What's the best way for the, for the guys to get hold of you? Sure. Got, yeah. A few options. So obviously the website will contain um, more information on our services and so forth. So that's um, pushon.co.uk. Uh, you can email me directly, um, nice and simple, tim at pushon.co.uk. Um, you know, myself and Simon, we're quite heavily involved in the LinkedIn community as well. So, you know, worth, worth tag, you know, added, added us in as a connection. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'd love, you know, love to have a chat to um, to anyone that's interested in, in yeah. launching a D2C offering. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And obviously you run the meetups, right? Does Simon still run the Magento meetup in Manchester as well, yeah? Yeah, he does. So we've got we've got yeah. the Manchester ones. Um, we've also got one in Edinburgh that's coming up in a few weeks' oh, time. Um, yeah, and the Bristol one we had last week. Obviously, these are all virtual. So, you know, yeah. I think for the Bristol one, we had people from um, you know from London, from Manchester. I think there was someone from from Germany as well. So that's yeah. that's a nice thing about these meetups at the moment because they are all virtual. Anyone can can attend. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, it'd be nice to get one face to face in Bristol. Um, you know, that, realistically, that'll be. I guess late summer, possibly if everything's looking looking good. Looking rosy. Um, yeah. 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 yeah we'll probably have like, quite, it's quite like a rosy as well. The Manchester meetup, the virtual Manchester meetup, is only for people in Manchester to attend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not, it's like, um, there's no boundaries, right? No, no, no there isn't. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. Cool. Well, um, just as a final sort of wrap up, um, Tim, I always like to uh, put my put my uh, speakers on the spot and ask them to delve into the history of their life and pluck out a golden nugget for all of our all of our viewers to tell them something to go away with what what, what would you like to say um i think for me if you're yeah if you're looking to move into that dgc landscape you've got to diversify your offering um and when i mean diversify your offering it's about as we discussed kind of creating that unique and personalized brand experience um, yeah. to give to essentially give consumers a real reason to choose you. Um, yeah. And obviously, if you need any help doing that, then speak to Push On. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much, Tim, for your time. No um, problem. No problem. And, and thanks, guys, for watching. I hope it's been useful uh, to, have a, to, have a, to have a listen to what Tim had to say. Um, um, so, if you, um, all, all that remains for me to say is um, if you haven't done so already, head over to uh, segmentify.com forward slash EGS, pick the UK growth show. As you know, we've got four or five around the world now um, and sign up so you can get hold of all the future episodes and obviously go back to Tim's um, if you want to have another uh, listen or watch um, of it. And if you've got any questions or you want to be involved in any way, then as always, just ping me a line at phil at segmentify.com and we'd be happy to have a chat um about being involved in the show or any topics you want us to research and find out about and interview people on then uh that um that'd be more than welcome all right but uh have a great rest of your day evening whenever you're watching stroke listening and um thank you again tim for your time thanks well no worries and we'll see you all again very soon